This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another Double Tap. It is Thursday. It's the 7th of September, 2023. Coming up today, the very latest from Be My Eyes and an app to tell you the weather and a cool AI voice. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. And welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. I am Stephen Scott. Hello, Sean Priest. How are you? I am hot, Stephen Scott. I mean, I like warm weather, but it is hot. Don't talk to me about weather. Oh, it is ridiculous. It is, of course, the uh, quintessential British pastime, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To talk about the weather. Uh, and yes, we do love to talk about it. In fact, you know what I love about the weather in this country? I love that it comes along. Uh, well, obviously, every day it comes along. It's not uniquely only yeah. in summer. Uh, it's not delivered, yes. We only talk about it in summer. <laughs> but, you know, it comes along and everyone gets upset about the heat. First, it's, wow, this is amazing. Who'd have thought? I can sit outside. We could have a barbecue. There could be lots of exciting. And then one day later... I'm sick of it. I'm I sick am. of it. I want it to end. Why is it not <sighs> winter already? And then as soon as it's winter again, everyone complains again. I think we just like complaining. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Embrace it. Uh, you know what? Last week I was saying, well, that was summer. That was awful, wasn't it? Yeah. What a rubbish summer we've had. And now I'm just, oh, wow. I'm sat in this shed just melting away. And for that reason, I do have a fan on. And you know what? I'm not going to apologise for that, except I'm very, very sorry if you can hear my fan, but it's too hot. No, listen, that is fine, because I am currently sitting in what would appear to sound like a collapsing house. Uh, I don't know how much of it you can hear, but uh, we have uh, workmen in. Uh, You might have remembered me telling you yesterday that I'm getting my uh, room, my studio repainted for the upcoming new season of TV uh, called Access Tech Live. It's going to be airing on AMI-TV Uh, next Thursday. So now I say next Thursday, and everyone thinks I mean this coming Thursday, because that's a bit of a British thing, by the way. I I should apologise for that. Uh, It's not next Thursday. Well, well, arguably it is, because it's not this one. So yeah, it is next Thursday. I take it all back. Um, (laughs) I'm glad you made that clear. Did you follow that? Excellent. If not, because I have to say there's a test at the end. There will be an examination at the end, if you you figured that one out. Uh, But yes, um, AMI-TV's new season is coming, and so my room is being repainted. Again, I'll remind you, no one asked for this. This was on me. Uh, I just decided I wanted the room repainted because I thought it'd be quite nice to have a new colour, a new set for the new show. Um, Forgetting, of course, that, you know, painting the room involves not being in the room. That's a disgrace. Yeah, I've got to say, Stephen, you're sounding very reasonable and um, calm right now. But just, let's say, five minutes ago, you were basically a monster. Well, yeah, um, I mean, I, I had to remove a, a desk from the room. And the only way to get... And, and the, the desk was old, and it was being removed to be uh, taken outside to go to the, the recycling centre, right? So it was going away. It was coming out of the house. Um, the intention was to bring it downstairs in its desk-shaped form. Mm. Um, unfortunately, when I couldn't get it through the door, I got a little bit annoyed about two hours ago and uh, frantically said various words that I can't repeat here <laughs> and then seemed to break the desk in three bits. <laughs> Stephen Hulk, Hulk smash. Scott. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Stephen yeah, Scott removals. The desk is <sighs> uh, now in several parts. Uh, so it, it did make it easier to bring it downstairs. So, you know, every cloud. 
Well done. Well, you're sounding absolutely adequate, Stephen. So Thank you. look, don't give it a second thought. No one's even going to notice, probably. You know, yesterday we talked about our setups and we said, you know, how we should really simplify our setups. We tell other people to do this and we have these really complicated setups. Where I am mm-hmm. at now is I have a PC laptop connected with a regular uh, headset, you know, just a standard headset. <gasps> with not even Oof. not even a USB headset, a 3.5 millimeter headset. Stephen, I know. Please. It's like the dark ages in here. And um, it, it's getting to the stage where I think it's going to be me knocking on your shed door saying, hey, can I come in, please? So There's we can no do room. the show together. And then we will hand <laughs> deliver the show personally, because that's where I feel we're going technically on this program. <sighs> Each day is getting slowly worse. Um, although, just a quick programming note, tomorrow things will be much better. You know why? I know why, yes. Because I'm not here, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) But you know who is here? Old Mickey B, the voice, the beautiful syrupy golden tones of Michael Babcock is going to be taking your place, Stephen Scott. Not that anyone could ever take your place, but yes, he is tomorrow and it's going to be great. Yeah, but you and I will be back together for the Double Tap Express. Insert choo-choo noise here. I can't because of uh, my lack oh, of yeah. Sorry. ability part, at the part. moment. Yeah. Ah, it's, it's like he's still here, yes. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I, I want to talk, because, you know, I, I know that we occasionally sometimes drift onto the topic of tech on this program, and I thought today we might. I even made notes. I have detailed files here that I want to <gasps> walk through with you. I know. Oh, wait, no, stop. What? Guess what I found? I was rummaging through my drawers, stop it, and I found a box. <gasps> right? Yes. And in the box, once I open it, I found this. Can can you hear that? That I sir. Say, I'm, is... I'm, he- I'm hearing someone upstairs hammering <laughs> and vacuuming at the same time. So I Ooh, I'm I'm vacuuming. kind of almost drifting between you and them, wondering what on earth is happening up there, but also what's in the box? Is a Hable One lanyard. No way, you found it. I found it. Sort of probably eight weeks late, but yeah. I found it. And you know what? By the end of this show, it will be attached to my Hable One. Oh, that, you're going to do a challenge. I am, sir. I have not tried this before. So this is live, first time attempt. How easy is it to attach this lanyard? And now, before, that, before you start, I just Stephen want to remind Scott you. Six weeks. Yes. I want to remind you of your comments about this to me. I want you yes. to, to be reminded of the, okay. the sneering, sniveling yes, approach. Absolutely. I will, I will absolutely put my hands up and say I thought you were absolutely ridiculous uh-huh. not being able to attach this lanyard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, let's see how you get on, okay? All Your right. time starts now. Carry on. Okay. There's my Hable. Right, go on. Um, by the way, I also have something. Can you hear that? Oh, yes. What's in the bag? Mm. Uh. Well, this is something uh, I'm going to take out of the bag. Now, I'll give you a clue. Uh, oh, will this work? Can we do this on here? I've never done this before. Can you pop? Can you pop the bubble wrap? Oh, oh, we got a pop. Well, that was terrible. Don't oh, worry, I'll one. put a sound effect in for that. That was awful. That was can, underwhelming. You can hear that. Yes, I can hear it. It just sounds like nothing. I, listen, I didn't promise anything. And I've told you, and Mr. F, there are no promises made on any, in any regard to this program. Uh, but okay, in the bag, we have the Orbit Writer. Oh, oh, Swing that's nice. Yeah, I have to say, it's quite different to what I thought it would be. Just instantly, I'm like, it's really small. Um, it's almost like two credit cards side by side. Uh, and not much thicker either. It's it's very thin, very light. 
Um, the keys Hang on, on sorry. Yeah. Sorry, did I mishear that? Two credit cards side by side? Yeah. Wow, okay. Is this a new concept to you? I was expecting... Oh, it's on! It's on! No. <laughs> no, you can't have done <laughs> it that quick. <laughs> How long did that take? I need some sort of video evidence. It's I, on. I don't that believe was, you. Can I just was... say I don't believe you? I have no right, way of knowing uh, whether you shake. did this five hours ago <laughs> or no. I tell you what I did. I licked the bottom of the Hable one. <laughs> what, the Please bottom no of the Hable one? Yes, to find, to find where the, uh, the positioning of the holes. Don't you have and fingers? It, it just, yeah, well, my fingers are very sensitive. My tongue is. And there. It's on. Ah, that was easy. Stephen, you're a fool. Thank you. Carry oh, on. Oh, well, listen, uh, uh, you know what? Just just for that, I'll do this. There you go. Well done. That's it. Thank That's you. all I can Thank do you. to that. Thank you very much. Um, okay, I'm going to send you my Orbit writer to put the lanyard on this, <laughs> if you don't mind. Um, I, I'm literally so impressed with myself. I'm grinning. Why is it so sad? Why do we have to have lanyards on everything? Anyway, so that's the thing. That's another conversation. But yeah, so I've got the Hable, uh, the Hable, the Orbit Writer uh, (laughs) here. And yeah, so two credit cards, if you imagine, lying side by side in terms of size. You've got your uh, six Perkins keys along the top. You've got an up, down, left, right, and select button in the middle. You've got your space bar and then your dot seven and eight keys uh, for backspace and enter and for other functions for the Orbit Writer itself. It is really nice. And if you've got a laptop, what's quite nice is you can actually just sit it uh, right on where the wrist rest would be. And on my MacBook, for example, and even on this Lenovo laptop here, I can I can sit it there and I can still type away on my laptop and have my Orbit Writer sitting there as well. Uh, and it's oh. got little rubber feet, so it holds steady. Um, I've had a couple of issues getting it connected, but I think that's me. <clears throat> I'm also, if I'm honest, slightly concerned that I am running the beta software. Uh, of iOS on my phone, so I don't know if there are any issues there. Um, but I'm having a couple of issues getting it to connect. It will connect in what's called the keyboard hid mode, so I can connect oh, yeah. it that way, mm-hmm. um, which basically means you're connecting it as a standard Bluetooth device, and it will connect fine, but the you, you lose an element of the control when you're doing that, and you lose the ability to wake it up from sleep and all that kind of thing. Um, whereas this, I think it's called the SRP, the um, screen reader protocol that you use, which this has both options for to connect, you can connect it that way, which means you would go in instead through Bluetooth, you would go in through VoiceOver, then into Braille on your iPhone, and then you would find at the bottom of the list your available displays, and then you can pick the one you want, select it, and that's it connected. Now, it does connect for about two seconds, then disconnects. So uh, two things are in mind. One is that I'm on a beta, and two that the, apparently there's a firmware upgrade for this. So I haven't done it yet. I'm going to do the firmware upgrade and then mm. hopefully get it connected. But I can't wait to get trying this. Already I'm feeling just, okay, it's not connected to anything, but just trying the keys, it certainly feels a lot more natural because it is the, the standard Perkins layout that I'm used to, that everyone's used to. Um, and it's not to decry the Hable one because I know how many of you love the Hable one and you've bought it and you enjoy it. You love it. I love it. And there's lots of people who do. But I don't know. There's just something about this that's a bit more standard. The question is going to be, though, how is it for control compared to the Hable? Because I think the Hable is actually really good at controlling the device as well. It's not just entry. It's not just text entry, is it? It's about controlling the device. So let's see mm. how that goes. So I'll get into that in uh, the next week or so. Uh, and certainly when I'm back next week, we can properly go through it and have a look at it and uh yeah so right now it's back in its little bag and back in its little envelope that oh, that's so cool you've got so much going on in the uh, double tap labs now you got the uh, smart vision 3 
yeah. still undergoing uh, testing and probing. Get lots of questions in as well. And, and actually, uh, I got a question in the other day. Uh, keep them coming. If you want anything tested, because I know a lot of you are interested in this particular device, if you've got questions, send them in, because it will help me form the review. It will also make sure I answer any questions you have. So if you do have a question about it and you want to send it in, just email it in to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call and leave a voicemail, one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven, and I'll uh, include that in my review. Uh, but I can't avoid the big story of the day, and that is Lego and Be My Eyes. Now, coming up, we're going to have an interview with uh, Mike Buckley, who's the CEO at Be My Eyes. He is joining us. Actually, you spoke to him uh, yesterday, and uh, we'll hear that interview in full coming up. Uh, learning about their work. Also, you've been asking a lot of questions of Mike about Be My Eyes itself, haven't you? And trying to find out what's, well, I, I guess, first off, the big question, when is it coming out? Yes. And also, what else is coming? Oh, hello. That's a very big bee you've got in your I have room to say, there. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I, think I'm, I think I'm inside some kind of wasp's <laughs> nest or bee's <laughs> nest at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Well, look, I, I think it's not just me. Obviously, everyone's so excited by, about the um, Be My AI, as it's now known, formerly Virtual Volunteer, of course, the AI-powered um, feature of Be My Eyes. And um, we are now in more open beta testing, but I still know there's lots of people waiting to get on that. They are trying to clear through that list and add people as soon as they can. But um, yes, everyone wants that general release. Everyone needs to have this tool in their tool bag because... It's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to hear more from Mike a bit later as Sean talks to him. Also, Lena is back with another of our app demos. Can't wait to hear this one. All about weather. Uh, now, it's not just another, well, it is arguably just another weather app, but it's got some cool features like the ability to uh, tell you the weather in a newsreader style E. Um, I like this. this I, you know, I like this too. I kind of like how these apps are starting to get a little bit of personality. And of course, it's all through AI and, uh, you know, the ability to create synthetic voices and have them speak in a natural way uh, and use natural language rather than saying 21 degrees outside with a gentle breeze. You know, that's not the full picture. I, I, I like that conversational. It, it's about sort of trying to, and it sounds like a bad thing, but humanize technology, right? Mm -hmm. I, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, the, is it Spotify that have the new um, AI DJ. DJ? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 so, oh, well, I mean, that sounds ridiculous. But actually, when you listen to it, my dentist had it on the other day. Oh, really? It's so good because it does, you know, like, hey, Sean, here's one just for you. And you think, oh, nice. Yeah, I know it's, I know it's not a real human being, but it does engage you. It's really cool. Well, uh, yes, we'll look forward to hearing that. Lena's back with the demo a bit later. Uh, thank you again for sending that in, Lena. And... Of course, we have to think about next week. Now, we'll be talking about this in lots of detail next week, but it is happening, and we haven't really mentioned it at all this week, funnily enough. What's people, happening? People might be surprised at this. Uh, <laughs> we haven't talked about the Apple event at all. Uh, I mean, we've mentioned it, obviously, it's happening. It's happening on the 12th, which is next Tuesday. It's Tuesday coming. Uh, I have to say I am excited. Would I say I'm beyond excited? Probably not. But then I never really know where these events go. Um, we know that there's going to be a new iPhone, a range of new iPhone 15s, new Apple Watches, possibly a new Apple Watch Ultra. Personally, I think it's a bit early for that, but okay. Mm -hmm. um, you're never really in the buying market. So 
I'm often intrigued to know what... How dare you? Well, you know, I only speak facts. How dare you, How sir? How accurate am I? That's the yes, question. Incredibly. Yeah. But, um, but my, my, my thing is, what do you get out of this event, right? Because are you going into this thinking about iOS 17 or even now with macOS? Mainly I'm Mac. thinking about, yes, the software side of yeah. things. I am intrigued by the hardware because I think like so many people, and I've started to see the posts on uh, social media already of... Oh, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm sort of bored with my iPhone. I'm thinking, you know, going to Android. You see that quite often um, because it's like, well, what's going to be different? Now, obviously, the big thing here is the change of the charging port. And that's the thing that lots of people are talking about. But, mm. I mean, is that a huge deal, really? I mean, as to the functionality and as to your people's need or want, I should say, actually, people's want to update their current phone to a new one, a charging port isn't going to do it. But um, for me, personally, as, as a like a, a, a nerdy level, I'm thinking, oh, this is cool, actually. It does make a difference, that change to USB-C from the Lightning, and I'm actually looking forward to that. But yeah, I'm more interested in um, the, the software side, which we've seen already, you know, WWDC, a lot of people are running the public beta already. But um, to see that finalised, nailed down a little bit more, and see how that works on the latest hardware. Yeah, I'm still excited by it. I see a lot of chat online about people who are really fed up with Windows at the moment and are looking at Mac as an alternative. And it seems to be a lot of blind people who are getting upset with the Finder, well, not the Finder, what do we, what do we call it on Windows? Windows Explorer. File Explorer. Uh, File Explorer, yeah. So, you know, File Explorer is, I must admit, I, I, you know, one of those, it's one of those things, right? Nothing's a problem until it happens to you. And... I was using this last night. I could not find half of the options that I was looking for in the right-hand context menu because they seem to have buried everything. Everything seems to be buried under other menus or show more options, which seems to bring back the old menu, which is kind of weird. And you just think, why have you changed all this? And what is it you're simplifying? And a lot of the options have just disappeared or they've they've been renamed or, like I say, hidden elsewhere. And I, I just, I think with that, and, you know, the endless succession of toolbars and menus that exist within these windows, which all seem unnecessary, uh, I can kind of understand where people are going. I'm not saying Windows, or sorry, Mac, is going to be any better for you, but... Um... I, it's Like I just mentioned with, you know, people on board with my iPhone now want something new. I think it's just something that happens. You always think the grass is greener, and every OS has its own you know, complications or limitations or whatever you want to call it. I absolutely agree. File Explorer for me is uh, I'm interested in two areas, the tree view and the item view. That's it. Everything else I'm tabbing around just to get to uh, till, until I hear any of those, you know, tree view to I can quickly yes. jump to downloads or Dropbox or whatever. Hit enter or space on that and then tab to the item view to see what's in it. That's it. And sometimes focus will jump. I don't know if this is a you know, specific screen reader thing or a Windows thing. Sometimes I'll find myself stuck in a toolbar somewhere. I Honestly, yeah, I just tab out of it straight away. Um, I, I agree, though. I think there's been some changes there. Like just creating a new text document, for example, used to be just so easy, just in the application key, new, T for text, yep. done. Um, now, I'm not saying it's any more difficult. It's just 
different and it sort of throws you for a bit. I press the Alt key, takes me to the new button at the top in a toolbar, hit space on that. And I could just hit space straight away again because the first item is folder. So it's Alt, space, space. Now, is that any slower or any, you know, that's just as quick as you do a right click and then use uh, new and then text document, but it's different and it throws me. So I don't know though. I think it is people sort of are not keen on change. Well, yeah, and I think let's be honest about it. A lot of it is because we get so used to things in, in terms of muscle memory, you know, with our keyboard shortcuts. Yeah, yeah. That you just you just automatically. I mean, even when I'm in Audacity, sometimes and I'm doing edits, I won't even hear the screen reader. I'm just hitting the buttons that I know will get me from here to there to there, and Absolutely. then I hit enter and it's done. And then if it doesn't do it, I'm like, what happened? And then you you immediately think, what have I done? You know, I've just just yes. deleted everything. Undo, I've just done. Undo, undo, yeah. undo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, even, like you say, even text documents now, you know, saving them is, is a new. There's a new format for that. Uh, there was a story the other day about them killing off WordPad. And that doesn't really bother me too much. I don't know how much how many of us actually use WordPad, what? but not Notepad, WordPad. Important. I know, and I've heard so many remarks on this saying, "Oh, I didn't even know WordPad was." What are you guys talking about? WordPad is great. It's free. It handles docx and rtf file formats, mm. and it's it's um it, it's needed. I think otherwise you've got to install Word, right? Is there a free version of Word? Uh probably not. And I think that might be the answer to your question of why they're getting rid of WordPad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, a- yeah. I mean, look, they can't they can't sell a new product to you if you're already using the free one, right? So, you know, if we if we get rid of the free one, problem solved. Uh, and yeah, I think that's that's a bit of a shame, actually. It's strange in some ways that Microsoft keeps so much legacy software within Windows, and for obvious reasons. I mean, you know, some of the some of the systems that use Windows go back. You know, some of them are, are still. You know, I, I know, for example, in the the Fasley Naval Base, which isn't far from here, which houses our uh, the UK's nuclear Trident missile system. It still, it still can't uses... can't say that, surely. We'll well, get no, but it absolutely does. Well, I'm sure you can Google it. I mean, if, if I know about it, I'm sure someone else does. <laughs> Street view. Um, yeah, exactly. That's right. Just a someone with a thumbs up next to the sub. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with that system, it's, it's run apparently on an old Windows system using floppy disks. I mean, that's not terrifying at all. But what? Yeah, that's, that's basically how... It, I, I don't know if it's the actual nuclear sub part or whether it's the technology that sits next to it or indeed in the in the operating side. But basically, yes, it is run by systems that are so old they still use floppy disks. This is nothing unusual, though. This happens across uh, hospitals. We're still using very old systems in hospitals to accommodate a lot of the work that's done, especially in particular um, medical systems that require... You know, we're not talking here computers that GPs or doctors are sitting down and taking your notes on. We're talking maybe specific medical machines, I don't know, scanners or that kind of thing. Uh, They may use that old type of tech. So that's why Windows keeps so much of its legacy intact. Uh, You have so much uh, that you need. And so business needs more. That's why Mac can just reinvent itself every couple of years and it's fine. Um, Mm, But you you can't really have that with Windows. So... Uh, that's a problem. However, saying all that, then they ditch WordPad. And you think, of all the things you could get rid of to reduce bloat, WordPad really <laughs> isn't it. Could you stop well, giving me Solitaire? Because I don't want Solitaire. Oh, I know. Yeah, absolutely. I used to play Solitaire. I'm sure that used to be accessible. Anyway, um, 
who's got time for that anymore? Anyway, but, I will say this, and this is another story that I saw, um, which I really, I, I don't believe <laughs> at all. Okay. Uh, and that is low-cost MacBooks coming out to compete with Chromebooks. Absolute okay. garbage. Okay, low cost. Define low cost. What's your range there? Well, if you're talking next to a Chromebook, you're talking two, three hundred dollars, right? There's yeah, no, no way I, that's going to happen. I'm not buying that either. I mean, how many times have Apple come out and sort of uh, they're not looking for that market? Do I don't you think, think they'd do a U turn on that? I don't think they should go after it. I think, you know, look, the MacBook here is very popular, uh, very popular with students. Very popular um, to some degree in, in earlier education, but again, I think that's more PC these days. Um, and tablets, in fairness. Google is very big with Classroom. Um, so I, I know that a lot of people use Chromebooks there. And I think that's maybe that's the argument. Maybe the argument is they can delve further into the education market, where Apple once reigned supreme. Uh, Apple was really the king of education for a long time because it was the com- it was the computer you would definitely find in a classroom. I, I remember when I was going through school, it was Macs everywhere. Now less so, I think. Um, iPads possibly, but more likely Google Chromebooks. I don't know where you went to school. I had the uh, BBC Micro when I went. Mind you, I'm a very yeah, old man. You're so. older than me. Yeah, sorry. I take that all back. Red it's function keys, dinosaur paw prints in it. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the point here and is is the Google services, the educational services are all web-driven. Um, so they could be accessed through anything, right? So the, the whole success of the Chromebook, which slightly changed, but it's always surprised me and shocked me, was that basically all you need is hardware capable of running Google Chrome to access all of these services. Hence, they mm. could do it you know, at $200, $300 machines. And then they started bringing out Chromebooks that were $1,000 with 4K displays or something like that. You know, and you think, mm-hmm. hang on, who's this aimed at? So um, you could access Google services for education, which I think you're absolutely right. I think they, they're sort of leading the way when it comes to education. They could access that through anything, through a tablet, no matter who the manufacturer is. So, yeah, I'm not sure Apple will be chasing this specifically with a, a piece of hardware designed for this. I well, mean, the I, Mac I, Mini is their entry level for the Mac computers, isn't it? Yeah, there is an education Microsoft Surface laptop, isn't there? Uh, is it the Surface the SE or something they call yeah, it? Yeah, the student edition. And there's a version of Windows for students, That's right? right? But Which it, is slightly... It's not available on general sale, I don't think. I think it's only for education. It, it comes on the device itself, but everyone immediately turns off the S yes. because all it means basically <laughs> is that you can only install apps from the Microsoft Store. Mm, yeah, I don't know what the other um, limitations or even, I suppose you could call features of the student edition are, but um, yeah, I don't know if that's inc- particularly serious, to be honest. I think it just lowers the cost that they charge for that piece of hardware. I don't see it happening. Um, I want to mention as well NVDA because it got some big updates this week. If you haven't had the updates, uh, you can either go ahead and download it from nvaccess.org or you can await the update to become available on your system. I think most people are getting the update now, though. And uh, it's bringing in a lot of new features. And the big the big feature really is this add-ons store that they're bringing in. So no longer do you have to go off and get this from a website or from a, the NV Access website or anywhere else. You can actually download add-ons directly via the software. And you can it replaces the add-on manager, which exists currently in the old, or in the old version. Uh, so it replaces that, and you can have the ability 
to uh, get add-ons and control them. You can even, if you want to, risk it and take on certain add-ons that you know, may pose a risk or maybe a little bit, you know, incompatible or there's concerns about incompatibility, you have the option to overwrite that decision manually and install them regardless at your own risk. But uh, that's quite cool. Some new Braille and commands as well have been added in, some new keyboard shortcuts and also uh, more support for Microsoft Office, which is fantastic. So lots of work being done with NVDA. As you guys know, I'm a recent convert, so I am looking forward to the update. The add-on manager will be very welcome. Uh, have you got it yet? I've got the update. I just never actually read the release notes, so I did not know about that. That is so cool. I think it is a bit of a, I'm going to use the word faff to um, get to the add-ons and, and go through the website and things. So I think anything that gets add-ons to more people is excellent. So yeah, I'm excited by this. I'm going to check it out as soon as we finish. Uh, okay, stick around because up next, Lena is here with her app review. It's called Weatherology. Uh, we're going to hear about that. And Sean talks to Mike Buckley. Apologies for my background noise today, guys, uh, but I am getting the room done. So unfortunately, we're having to uh, deal with a lot of extra noise. So please, uh, I apologize and thank you for bearing with me on this. Uh, this is Double Tap. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air, and on Mastodon at Double Tap. It's August 15th, and here is my weather report for San Diego, California. Here's a look at your weather forecast, powered by weatherology.com. Highs level off around 82 this afternoon, under partly cloudy skies, northwesterly winds, 8 to 15 miles per hour. 67 tonight, overcast. Tomorrow, 80. Upper 70s, Friday and Saturday, with a chance for scattered storms, Saturday. And that's your forecast. I'm meteorologist Paul Frobley. Currently, it's 77. Detected. And if you ask me, 77 is much too hot. This app is called Weatherology. It's my favorite weather app because it's accessible. It can be used by anybody anywhere in the world. It is free, it is available for iOS and Android, and it offers us so many choices as I'll show you some of them as we go through it. When we install the app, we do not have to create an account, but we do have to make some choices. We have to let it know if we want it to use our current location or our home location. I keep mine set to current location because I travel quite a bit. We also have to tell it if we want our temperature in Fahrenheit or Celsius, our wind in miles or kilometers, our rain in inches or millimeters, our snow in inches or centimeters and our barometric pressure in inches of mercury or millibars. We also have to go through a couple screens. There was nothing scary or significant in those screens, so I didn't take notes and I can't tell you what they were because I forgot already and that was just five minutes ago. We also get to choose if we want a simple or a detailed view when we open the app. And we have the option to set 10 favorites. So if we want to keep track of the weather in other cities, we can do that. 
I do want to say something about the app and how it's laid out. In Android, we often have to tap buttons that are labeled menus, and they work fine. In iOS, that that sound you just heard is because my weather app updated. We do have some alerts in effect for San Diego, though I'm not in the path of any of them. In iOS, we have four tabs across the bottom. In Android, that's a menu. And we have five buttons across the top. Again, that's a menu in Android. Let's start with the tabs across the bottom. Starting in the lower left, we have daily selected forecast forecast one of four. And that's where I have mine set right now. Maps tab. Then we have maps. Now, Siri and Talkback do try to give us some information, but that's a feature that our sighted friends will appreciate. Favorites. Favorites, that's where we can add more cities or we can view the cities that we have. And content, tab. The fourth tab in the lower right is content. There's some really cool articles in there and they're all accessible. Both screen readers, talk back and voiceover, read the articles just fine. In the middle of the screen, we have our play button, we have our daily forecast and our hourly forecast, but we're gonna go to the top of our screen and explore the buttons there. So again, I'll start in the left, upper left. Settings, button. Okay, settings. If I wanted to change anything, like maybe I'm tired of having the detailed view, or maybe I wanna turn off alerts, that's where I go to do it. Current location, button. Current location. San Diego, California, button, search. Button. Now, search if I right this minute wanted to check on weather somewhere else, I could double tap on the search button and either type or dictate the name of a city or a country, whatever I wanted, and it would immediately bring up weather for that location. I sometimes do that when I have friends in areas that are getting weather that concerns me, like in the winter when my family members are experiencing blizzards. A white circle in front of a blue sky with clouds. Now that's the next button. And you heard Siri say a white circle with clouds. That's because, thank goodness, the sun has gone behind the clouds. So it's a much more enjoyable day for me. If I had favorites, it would give me a synopsis like that of what their weather would be at the time I'm swiping through this. Charts, button. Chart, we can set this up to display things as a chart, a grid. Again, this app gives us so many choices. Home location, button. Home location. Three alerts in effect. Now we have three alerts, but as I say, I'm not in the path of anything. We have flash flood watches, thunderstorm possibilities in the mountains, and high winds. So don't worry, I'm in a safe spot. We have the play button, and we have five different voices we can choose from. Then if we put our finger about the center of the screen, we can get our hourly forecast. Three alerts. 
Hourly forecast, Wednesday 4 p.m. Conditions, partly cloudy. Chance of precipitation, 5%. Temperature, 76 degrees. And then if we put our finger about an inch from the bottom, we can get our daily forecast. Hourly forecast, daily forecast, Wednesday. Conditions, partly cloudy. High and temperature, 82 degrees. Chance of precipitation, 5%. Button. Now if I swipe right, daily forecast, I can Thursday. get Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Sunday. I hope other listeners will find my favorite weather app to be useful and fun. Lena, thank you so much for that. I love hearing your demos. Thank you so much for sending that in. And if you have a demo of an app or a piece of kit that you want to review and tell us about, even if you just want to talk us through it, that would be great. Email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can also call me on one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. You'll get through to Sean and I, and uh, we will play your message on air. Now, Sean. You had the chance to find out all about some updates to Be My Eyes. Yes, I did. There's still so much excitement and interest in the Be My AI feature of Be My Eyes. And as ever, Mike was more than happy to answer some of those questions. I started off by welcoming him to the show. Oh, happy to be here as always, gentlemen. Great, great to talk with you. Thanks, Mike. Now, I'm just going to jump straight in there with my two big feet and say the feature formerly known as Virtual Volunteer... Be My AI. Oh, it still impresses me. It still surprises me every day. I know everyone is so excited about it. So where are we at currently? What's happening with it? Yeah, I mean, we've got a little bit. I can give you some updates, uh, Sean, if that's useful. We, we are now up to just over 12,000 people using this on a daily basis. We're seeing ne- nearly that number of sessions per day. Um, we still have another twelve to 14,000 to clear off the waiting list, um, but we are, we are seeing, uh, you know, I think results that are similar to your characterization. Um, you know, latency is down. Most of the answers come in under 10 seconds, closer to six to seven sometimes. We're seeing general user satisfaction on the nine out of 10 scale. Um, and I think, you know, we're seeing fewer errors you know, there, there are still things that I think need to be improved as, as you know, you and I would agree. And we can probably talk about, you know, some errors or use cases and things like that. But I, I think what we're seeing is that generally speaking, um, the satisfaction and utility on this is, is just about as everything we would hope for. And I, and, you know, I try not to, to, you know, do too much uh, hyperbole, right. Or, or, yes. or, <laughs> or, but but I, I I really do think that this is this is performing in the way that we had hoped, and um, and I can tell you I, I think we're going to make this uh, generally available in less than two months, maybe sooner. Oh wow! So many people will be uh, happy to hear that. I know there was a lot of excitement when you came out of the what should we call it the closed beta testing and opened it up a bit more. But as you said, there's still so many people waiting to try this out because there's so much excitement from it. Um, Talking about the beta testing, um, as I said, I'm still impressed. There's still some times where I take a photo of something and the level of detail it comes back with just blows me away. Have you found that maybe some of the people that have been on the beta since the very beginning, are they sort of getting used to that now? Are there, uh, I don't know, are they expecting even more from it? Do you know what I mean? Has it sort of worn off the wow factor for some of the long-term users? 
Yeah, I, I, I think there's still a reasonable amount of wow and enjoyment, but um, it's, it's an interesting question that you asked for a couple of reasons. The first is we do see a great deal of variance on the user side for how extensive they want the answer to be, right? Yeah. Um, you know, if I take a picture and I'm trying to figure out, it's, is this my red sweater or green sweater? All I want to know, Sean, is, oh, yeah, that's the green one. But I get, this is a green sweater. It's laying down on a bed. It appears to be woven <laughs> in a nice thing, you know, right? Because it's so descriptive. And so what we're hearing from people is um, it would be nice to have some sort of a toggle switch, right, where the user could determine the level of detail and the response that they want. So that's something that we're working on right now. Um, you know, occasionally you're just going to want a crisp, curt answer to something, right? Um I, I, I think the, the other thing that I would say about about the folks that have been on this longer is they're just they're testing it on harder and more intricate things. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, very complex graph on an academic paper. Right. Or a medical journal, things like that. Um, um, more use cases, for example, in an airport. Right. Seeing how it handles, you know, the, the cacophony of visual information on an airport departure screen. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. And so um, I still think people are generally pleased. And I, and I do think there's still a wow. But like, you know, it, it, people get competitive. Right. They want to they want to beat up the tool and see how far they can push it. Yeah, we, we always want to break things, right? We want right. to see how far exactly. we can push it. So yeah. to, talking about uh, that, what, what has the beta test given you so far? I mean, if you look back from where you started from to where we're at today, um, apart from, you know, speed increases, maybe and interface changes, what what has it given you? What has what features has it brought to the app? Yeah, um, you did mention one. I mean, there are a ton of user interface things that we that we've changed from um, language to functionality to to. Um, um, immediately taking the picture when you open the app rather than having to make a voice command or press a button. So yes. that has been incredibly valuable to us and, and makes the interaction um, um, quick. This, this, this notion of how um, detailed an answer you want is something that's going to make its way uh, into the app. We've also learned about where certain limitations are. Um, OCR is not where it needs to be yet on the app. I think that'll change by early next year, but um, that's something that need that that clearly needs to be improved. I think um, uh, we've also seen from the the beta testers that there are still times where uh, the AI is just super confident in its error, right? Yes. yes. And until you challenge it and push back, then, then, you know, the AI says something like, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Whereas, you know, 10 seconds ago, you were 95% certain. And so um, I think we've learned a lot from, from the beta testers on that thing. And, and, and perhaps the most important, Sean, and um, I feel, you know, quite strongly and, and actually passionate about this is I think it is absolutely imperative that the people using these tools, whether in our app or elsewhere, have the option of a human in the loop to, for verification. Um, look, I, I love what's going on in AI right now. And um, the, the benefits for our community are potentially, you know, societally altering, right? Yes. Um, however, 
When you get to things like crossing a street, uh, medication, um, um, making sure a meal or a product doesn't have allergens, I think those are things where we have to make sure that the, that, that the person using this service has the chance to call a volunteer and get verification of results, principally because AI is not yet perfect. And so in these medium or high stakes use cases, having the ability to verify results is important. And the engineers at Be My Eyes, by the way, thank you guys. You're amazing. Uh, I'm sorry for all the asks and the late hours. <laughs> um, um, what they are building right now, um, Sean, is if you get a, a result from the AI and it's something you know important or potentially that has risk associated with it, you'll be able to either give a verbal command or push a button and that information and the, and the AI result. So the picture and the AI result will go out to a group of volunteers and our, our design is going to be in less than 10 seconds, you'll get a thumbs up from five to 10 users on whether or not the, the information is accurate. So wow. it's just, it's, I think it's a really cool thing, first of all, but I think it's really important for, for a tool like this to, to give the, the power to the individual to verify in multiple ways. So I'm really excited that we're just about to start testing it. But um, I just I think it's something that's important as we as we move forward. That is just so cool. That is fantastic. And it, it is the difference because since you started this whole AI journey, it's, it's funny because more and more AI powered apps have become available and services. Uh, someone was showing me the Bing Chat AI service, um, which, you know, you can do something similar, take a picture and it will describe it. But I think the most important thing and something that's just vital is the option to ask a volunteer on in be my eyes so you, you even inside the be my ai section if it's unsure or there's always an option there to jump to a human volunteer and you can you can't overstate how important that is because you're right you know this is still uh, fallible at the end of the day it doesn't matter how impressive it is and right. despite despite how many times you say you know well really don't use this for medication or things like that people do um, you know, people, if they're stuck, sometimes they will try anything. I think yeah. that's an amazing feature. That would be so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, the other thing that I would say, Sean, I've learned this from you and Stephen and others, is I, I, um, I underestimated how important this tool was going to be to reconnect people with certain social media, to... Um, people and faces are really important. Um, and currently what we have is a situation where um, because of privacy laws and various biometric laws in, in certain jurisdictions, certain of the, uh, of those images are being blurred. Um, we are working on a workaround for that within the be my eyes app that I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll have, but I don't think, I just, you know, you asked what we learned or what they helped us with or what we were surprised by. I, I just, I underestimated the, the power and importance of, of people, right? And, 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 and connecting with photos and images of people, whether it's a holiday card or your Instagram feed or, or whatever. And so that was, um, you know, our, our beta testers actually were, were, some of them were quite emotional about this and, um, and it, was, it, was, it was fascinating and heartwarming and, and just a learning for me. 
No, absolutely. We've been sort of excluded from photos for so long. I mean, we've had photo descriptions for quite a few years now. And when that was first rolled out to various social media platforms, it was, this is going to be great. And it's better than nothing, don't get me wrong, but it's it's not a patch on you know what certain um, AI uh, levels of detail you can get, yeah. and it, it just brings it to life rather than just saying this is a photo of a you know a man sat on a chair or something. It gives you more than that, and it even sometimes describes the atmosphere of or the emotions of a photo, and that's still absolutely incredible. Yeah, they, it, it happens with artwork too, right? If you take a picture of a of a painting, that you get that robust kind of description of not only the color or the image, but also sometimes the mood that's being depicted in the uh, yes. in the painting. It's, I love that as well. Absolutely. So you're, you say, two or three months away, hopefully from a general release to everyone. I think less, but, you know, I'm, 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 yes. I, I just always give myself a slight hedge. Never Sean. guarantee anything. No, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, everyone's going to be blown away. I am absolutely sure about that. But where do you see this going? I mean, the trouble is there's, you know, I, I get this and I'm so impressed, but now I want more. Um, I'm thinking of, you know, video analysis rather than photo or even audio analysis. Are we, are we anywhere close to that being implemented? I hope so. I, I don't know that I have, you know, the, the technical prowess or, or knowledge um, to give you, you know, I don't know if it's 18 months or two years, but there's no doubt that the next frontier has to be kind of real time video, right? Um, It's just, you know, it's, it's a necessity. If you, if you really are trying to make an argument about equity and you're trying to make an argument about real access, it has to go there. Um, And I think that's largely a function of compute power, right? Um, And, and, you know, battery and a whole bunch of other things, but, but, I think what we've seen in the past is when you when there are issues of compute power or or you know battery life and things like that, almost always there are things that can be overcome. So I'm I'm actually optimistic there. But you're right, that's the next frontier. The next frontier is video. I'm I'm hoping also it's going to be wearables. I mean, we have the Envision glasses, we have Celeste. People are very interested on, although they're not exactly standalone on on device processing on those. Are we going to see some Be My Eye glasses anytime soon? Exclusive. Um, <laughs> well, no, we, we, we're, we're not getting into the hardware business, but, you know, Envision, we're very good friends with those folks. And I, I think you'll see some collaboration there. Um, I have connected with the Celeste folks. Um, we don't have a formal collaboration yet, but but we're certainly open to it. I think the other one to keep your eye on, Sean, is Humane. Really? Um, they're 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 going to launch their uh, their pin at some point uh, in the near future. They've already started a waiting list, um, and it's a it's a remarkably interesting device that actually, you know, sits on your chest or your lapel. The battery is a magnet that you put on the other side of your clothing, and it's um, it's hands free non glasses, which, as you know better than me, that. Many people in our community, they don't want glasses because they have other prescriptions or they don't want something on their head. Um, And I think it's, you know, having seen a demo of this device and and talking to the founders there who are really 
lovely and thoughtful and and quite interested in accessibility. I think that there are some very interesting things coming from Humane. Fantastic. We'll have to get them on. Absolutely. That's so exciting for Be My AI. Uh, done a fantastic job, Mike. Really interested in that. Thank you so much. But let's talk now about um, Lego. It's another thing I was really interested in. Um, what's the relationship between Be My Eyes and Lego? Well, we have a formal partnership with them. I'm incredibly excited uh, to announce that they they are the newest uh, Be My Eyes customer. Um, this started with a conversation many, many months ago when um, we found out Lego was going to launch uh, uh, Braille bricks um, to make the, the product even more accessible uh, to, to our community. And we talked to them about a whole host of things, but but primarily about how to support their customers, not only using the, the, the Braille bricks, but in general and what our partnership entails and, and what their, their customer relationship with us entails is now if you're a, loser, a user of uh, Lego bricks in, I think it's eight or 10 countries, um, you can call into Lego customer support for assistance of any kind, not just with Braille bricks, but if you have directions or you want, you know, additional information or there's a, you know, a technical problem, there's a piece missing, which I think is pretty rare on Lego. But, yes. um, but it's basically a, a, a traditional customer support function that's been extended to people who are blind and low vision and I'm just incredibly excited as a lifelong fan of Legos. And as someone who is newer to our community, I did not appreciate or realize the passion that so many people who are blind or low vision have with Legos. And so um, the response to kind of to kind of this news has has been, you know, phenomenal and a little overwhelming. And I'm just I mean, it's just cool. Right. I'm incredibly excited about this one. Everyone loves Lego, and if they don't, they're strange. Ah, Lego's great. <laughs> we were talking about what was your first thing you used to make when you had Lego as a child. Mine was a ray gun. Stephen used to make churches because he's strange. What was yours, Mike? Um, I, I was always uh, the car, like any type of car. I knew right? it would be, of course. Yeah. Yeah, but the one that I have on my desk now is um, uh, that my daughter actually built for me as, as a, a birthday present is a... Uh, a Fender Stratocaster and a Fender Twin Reverb amp, and, and they're like <laughs> lovely, cool detail. They're they're just they're very fun. Absolutely amazing. So, does this Lego help come under the? Um, is it called specialized help section? Exactly. My eyes. Exactly. And um and and so yes, you can call t- you know today uh, in your local time zone between the hours of ten and four uh, in the afternoon. And then um, I think we're, you know, we also hope to experiment with, with BMA AI. Uh, you know, Sean, you having used the tool, I think that there are a lot of things from color identification of the bricks to help reading the directions to troubleshooting that I would hope that the, uh, the AI would be able to solve for users as well. Well, Mike, got to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. We really appreciate it and all the hard work you and those engineers are doing with Be My AI. We really can't wait. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. I look forward to coming over to see you guys. You know, I, I hear there are, you know, TV studios being built. You guys are, you know, are you guys still <laughs> going to talk? Are you guys still going to talk to me when, when things, you know, get even more famous? Oh, of course, yes. Those TV studios are being built out of Lego, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. congratulations on the on the growth of the show, guys, and uh, and I, I I do look forward to coming over there and and spending some time with you in person.
Really great to catch up with Mike Buckley and find out all about what's going on. I have to say, although I'm very excited about Be My AI and all the features that are coming, I'm also just really excited about the whole Lego partnership thing as well. I feel like I'm going back in time. I love it. Yeah, of course. You'll be straight on the specialised help saying, can you help me build my church's steeple? I, I mean, want to I, build that... my uh, double tap church. I feel so sorry for the Lego uh, customer <laughs> support people. I can only apologise. Uh, listen, we're out of time for today. Uh, now, Michael Babcock is your host tomorrow uh, because I was, uh, well, I'm due to be away tomorrow, but I think with my setup being as is, it's probably a good idea I'm not here tomorrow. <laughs> so, yes, I'm taking a break tomorrow. Michael Babcock is here with Sean Priest. Those two, it's the Babcock and Priest takeover tomorrow. Uh, so, look forward to that. And I'll be back with you on Saturday for Double Tap Express. We'll be reviewing all the big stories. Don't forget that we keep you up to date with all of the big news stories happening across the week with Grace Scofield joining us for that on the Double Tap News on Double Tap Express at the weekend, so don't forget to check it out. Uh, I'll be back with you then. Have a fantastic week. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.